0: Mighty senses tingling.
1: Hello.
2: He's the host who got a Fear Agent tattoo, upper right arm. Do you love anything as much as he loves that? He's slim. He's the host of your Paper Keg Podcast, episode 198.
1: Welcome to uh, the show. uh feels like three weeks since we've all sat together and recorded a hit podcast. You know, maybe there'll be more time in between episodes in the near future, who knows. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> or let's just hang it all up.
1: Uh, this episode Huge Book Club The New Frontier.
0: Now can you clap? Now can you clap for them killers. Give it up for them gangsters.
1: Uh, to my immediate right, one of the living hosts of Paper Keg. Silver Fox. He just got a new haircut. I'm not sure what to think. It's 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 too much. Dale, underscore I welcome back to the show.
0: It it feels great to be back, gentlemen. I mean, it's it's time we've come together once again. Far too much time has passed, but uh, we were not out of touch. Let that be said. We were in communication pretty much the weekend. And whether it's about reading comic books together or just group texting, it all feels the same. So maybe, you know, maybe it just takes the sting out of it a little less. Putting toothpaste on the bee sting. <laughs>
1: Or if, if, you know, you were in communication, you are going to 24-hour-long Lord of the Rings symphonies, Mm. who knows what else is happening. (laughs) You know? I'll I'll tell you what else is happening, and if there's
0: anybody out there in the paper keg listening contingent capable of pulling off two girlfriends and bringing them both to the symphony and sitting right in front of me, if that was you, please reach out to me. I would love (laughs) to just get your feedback on how something like this is accomplished. Uh, not to learn But just to marvel Just to marvel
1: You're saying someone brought Two lady friends To uh, to that shindig That you and Jonesy went to I'm, I'm gonna be
0: honest Slim and say yes That is exactly what happened The last The last showing Man I can corroborate uh, There were Heavily was, petting Yeah Two
1: women I didn't realize Heavy petting was allowed At these things but That changes Changes things Jonesy loves Beer, you're a writer. You. You're in a rare form tonight. You know, earlier, <laughs> you were just verbally degrading me after I got bounced from the room and then quickly came back, so I caught the tail end of it. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Uh, going around my, my back. Jonesy, those beer Snake-like.
2: I coiled and struck you like a snake. Uh, you know, talking about this weekend, Dale, it really was one for the ladies, whether you have one or two, uh, as a group, we all packed up and said, hey, you know, what people ask me, Slim, is why didn't you record on Thursday? Why did you push off? And to them, I say, hey, look, our ladies needed to be treated to a pampered weekend in the cité, no kids for any of us we you know we checked off those new york boxes we gave the paper keg wives a much needed respite so i say congratulations to paper keg for doing the right thing that's what kind of uh,
1: you know world traveling activities did you have planned for your wives uh, during your stay in new york outside uh, of the symphony
2: we we my wife and i saw where lennon was shot we did a, a 4 mile hike in central park uh, we got Greek food out of the back of a truck.
1: Uh, How did you stand that? I, How li- did you listen. not realize that that Greek man had a gun in his back pocket, ready to pop you? <laughs> there <laughs> isn't that what you think? There, of, what everyone is doing in New York around you? There, around your area? There,
2: I have been called a nervous traveler by my wife uh,
0: forty times this weekend, and there might be something to that. But you know, uh, from just from what I seen of Jonesy, I didn't see him the entire weekend, but when I tell you he was thumbing the Uber app like nobody's
1: <laughs> business. <laughs> I yes, you, took the tra- you took the train up, and then my wife asked me, what did you do the second you stepped foot into Penn Station and outside? Did you or did you not immediately open the Uber app?
2: Uh, it was open uh, at, during my walk like to get on that little escalator that takes you up to the 7th Street exit. I, had mm-hmm. the, I just had it out. Just you
1: probably brushed elbows with someone who might be homeless, and that was it. You, your, your finger went warp <laughs> speed through the center <laughs> of your phone, hailing I, an Uber.
2: I asked them to develop a chip that would just go into my earlobe that I could just tug my ear whenever I needed mm-hmm. an exit strategy. They're working on it for me. They're nice guys over at Uber yeah, International. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a Bond villain corporation.
2: <laughs> da 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 da. Fantastic weekend, though. We did it for the ladies, for the Paper Cake Wives.
1: Understood. Very nice of you both to think of your ladies like that. And I think we had the, Jonesy, the numbers are in. Oh, no. For the voting, the voting public, Uh you know, they put it to a vote to see what our book club would be for episode 200. You set forth a proclamation that if (laughs) anyone had to claim their Baltimore vote, you would put them in the running to buy them some kind of Baltimore gift set. I did. <laughs> Signed by me. Absolutely
2: destroying the value of the books.
1: And it came down to the wire. Saga, one through four, was neck and neck with Baltimore. And the winner by one single vote. Voting ended Sunday night. Baltimore. Yes! Yes! Mm. Will be our episode two hundred book club. There you have it. Got a tiredy
2: hashtag flop sweat. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh. So then, let me assign some numbers the Jonesy, here.
1: Let it be known that the Jonesy hype machine came into the running while it was still close, <laughs> and that is only good for a freeze frame finish by one vote to win at the end. <laughs>
2: All right, I'm going. That's absolutely we're, true. We're oh, going to yeah.
1: decide the winner right now. What wow, Jonesy! Gen- the Uber right. uh, people also right bill Jonesy a randomizer app. I guess. <laughs> right.
2: No, I'm actually just assigning random numbers one through nine right now, and then live Slim, you are going head. to pick the number. All right, I've,
1: through one, one, through, through, five, nine. Have to one through nine. I one through nine. One
2: through nine. Only nine people told me they wanted their name in the hat. Wow! Please
1: pick a number. Number lucky number nine. Wow, Aaron Jones,
2: Aaron wow. Jones, you have just won Baltimore at
1: Baltimore. Holy smokes, Aaron Jones! Un- unbelievable that the winner of the Baltimore at Baltimore comp, uh, challenge last name was Jones.
2: That it took and oh, may yeah. or may not be
1: a shadow account set up by me. <laughs> right Right. no he's twitter the twitter name is at not jonesy loves beer i think (laughs) right aaron aj
2: 1209 on the twitter you are the winner of baltimore at baltimore holy smokes so when i go to baltimore just a measly five months from now i will collect for you the entire run of baltimore in single issues and place oh, right. it in your welcoming arms.
1: You might need to get some kind of dolly set up for our Baltimore trip.
2: I mean, I'm thinking a two-backpack scenario.
1: I'm thinking that's probably not good for your back. Uh, uh, the well, entire run of Baltimore. Let, let
2: me be the
0: judge of my back problems. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
2: Jonesy, uh move. Yes.
0: Jonesy, uh, your thoughts on influencing the <laughs> decisions of one of the only episodes we've ever given to the listeners... To uh, pick a book club for us, when <laughs> 199 episodes before we we could have picked the book club. Your thoughts?
2: So, are you asking me? Is it worth uh, rigging the only honest competition we ever had here on papercake? Yes, is the answer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely right. yes.
1: It sounds like Jonesy's not going to lose any sleep. Is what it comes down to.
2: And the guy's a snake.
0: Sounds like Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Is in for a good time when he listens to this podcast and yeah. finds out. Uh, quote, you know why
1: he, he will be quote shocked.
0: <laughs> 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 let me put
2: this out on the air where it's totally appropriate. Uh, since I am remanded from the uh, official account, if one of you would uh, politely let Aaron know that he has won this prize, I would be much accommodated by you. Thank
1: you. I mean, you have a Twitter account too, Jonesy, Just FYI.
2: Yeah, but I have like a follower, and you guys have like five million
1: followers. <laughs> That's so. all. It's all like junk. All smoke accounts. and mirrors. It's all. It's all social smoke and mirrors. So, you know, I actually one. got. Mm. You, do you have that um that option in Twitter where you can click on the stats to see like how many people viewed a tweet or whatever?
2: No, I would never want to know that because when it's only four people,
1: I'll just cry my eyes out like a child. Jonesy, there's more to life than Twitter engagement. You're right. I just right. want to be honest with you. Absolutely there's more. right.
2: And for Aaron yeah.
1: Jones, there's a lot more. <laughs> as, as, as Jonesy turns to a mirror and says, King, congratulations <laughs> to Aaron Jones. Smeagle." <laughs> so this episode is a special roundtable, I'm sorry, a special book club episode where we only talk about the book club because it's just so thick and meaty and you know when we first revealed the page count to each other in group chat i think dale fell over in the toilet i mean, he probably passed out for a good two hours after you realize that page count dale
0: completely bottomed out luckily jonesy had the foresight to uh, let us know a couple days beforehand and i was just confounded i knew in my heart that it was only six issues little did i know Each issue was, uh, you know, forty to forty-five pages apiece. Yeah, could have been
1: each each issue could have been a movie. Could have been its own part one of (laughs) of the just of the new frontier. Yeah, so we're like, you know, let's maybe just consider
0: doing this, uh, you know, into turning into a book club episode. You know, we barely have enough time to read single issues as it is, so if we could minimize that uh, fallout. And just and preemptively be not prepared for the roundtable epi- uh, segments, and just be prepared for the book club episode anyway.
1: It's just smart. It's just business. It's just yeah, smart. It's not personal. It's business. That's a that's a quote from Vincent K. McMahon. <laughs> FYI, Brett screwed Brett. Jonesy, do you want to uh, walk us in gingerly to new frontier? from Darwin the, Cook.
2: There is only one way to enter the world of New Frontier and that's to strap on your green lantern ring and orb yourself and fly through it and that's the way you enter it. Mm. The New Frontier. Uh you know, <laughs> it's hard to as, as a non-DC expert it's hard to explain the facets that are presented here and what I can only call a masterwork of love letters collected in a menagerie and laid out for DC readers the world over. Uh, you know, I don't know who the Blackhawks are. I don't know who the challengers of the, of the unknown are. But they are told in such loving grace as earmarked to this story. New Frontier is the only frontier for DC fans. It is the reimagining, but that's such a dull word nowadays, of the DC universe as set in the Golden Age. And it's also, one of my favorite words, a travelogue through all of the honeycomb of mythologies that existed in the 60s when you know DC germinated the overall story is some origins of some well-known characters but it's also a retrospective of some pretty well-known archetypes like the Superman archetype the Batman archetype the Wonder Woman archetype and it kind of permeates through these books. Uh, you know, there is a big bad, as you, you might know. It's it's called the center. It's uh, like an island, an ancient island on Earth that has dinosaurs and, you know, weird properties, but it's also like a living consciousness. It's a pretty... And it might be a a Justice League villain that I just never knew existed that he's using for this purpose. But it serves to kind of draw every well-known character you know together under one banner to each have a moment in the sun as they fight this thing and they do you know it's we find ourselves uh in a anti-superhero realm uh you know uh, i believe it was our man is chasing a, a criminal through the rooftops of gotham You know, he dies and unfortunately takes some Gotham PD with him. And that sets the stage as, you know, the world. Is it like Civil War or Marvel where they have to register who they are or some people retire? Like the JSA retires and it's kind of just Superman who works for the government. And it's a story we've all heard before, but that kind of just sets the stage for us here. And that is one of the themes that kind of helps this center character kind of get a hold because freedom and justice have all been stifled by red tape and nobody is prepared to fight this battle except at the end where you know the heroes kind of uh shove off that yoke and band together in the Justice League to fight this thing. It's, it's a very, because there is so much tied together, it's such, so many threads brought together, it's hard to synopsize this story that's this big. But I hope I've hit on some of the themes that go throughout the book. I don't know. What do you guys think? Help me out here. For, for 199 episodes, help me out with this synopsis.
0: Right, Jonesy, you um,
2: I Have put everyone honestly, to sleep.
0: Honestly, you know I don't I don't even know. What to say. <laughs> I don't know if I could have said it better myself, but um I'm I'm here for you uh Aaron. I'm here for you anytime <laughs> you need me to
1: be. Christopher um, Aaron Jones.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um Darwood
0: Cook plotted out. I don't know, the most cohesive story that blends superhero, uh, the end of the Golden Age, the beginning of the Silver Age, with real-life politics. I, I just going to the very last issue where he wove in John F. Kennedy's speech, actual speech when he accepted the uh, the nomination for uh, to run for president in 1960. Those lines... About the new frontier, where actual speech and it just, uh, it just worked. Like he knew immediate, like like when we read Fear Agent with the Samuel Clemens quotes, it just was. Uh, there, yeah, there. You know, when you're a Fear Agent and you're quoting Samuel Clemens, and you're watching YouTube, you're going to know what we're talking about right now. But it just seems like. I mean Darwin Cook just plotted out something masterful from issue one to issue uh, six, but page four hundred.
1: I don't know how he did it. Four hundred pages, it was like an HBO mini series that I, would have I, won every award.
0: Yes. Yes, a mini series is a great way to put it, like a six part, six hour miniseries or something. Yeah, yeah who's that, that guy? Goes that goes from the- like nineteen fifty three to nineteen sixty or so.
1: Who's the guy that does those like baseball documentary ken burns it was like a ken burns comic book documentary or some mm-hmm. such i don't know how i mean he must i just can't for whatever reason darwin cook like this was amazing darwin cook somehow weaved a masterpiece but darwin cook does like doesn't he, he only writes like when he care when he cares to it's not like he's drawn and writing monthly books now or writing he doesn't need to it's like he only did this and then, like that solo DC thing, and then he's got Parker, and then he did the Spirit. But he's not Parker. like a monthly writer. It's like he doesn't need to. He just comes and goes when he has something to to say, I guess. But I just can't believe that someone that writes a book like this—I mean, the editors had to have helped a lot—but I, I feel there's just there should be more trumpeting of Darwin Cook I every agree. day.
2: If this, yeah, let me put this is how I want to put it. Yeah. Without There's my sigh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright you guys done dogpiling on Or do you want to get another swipe in there You guys ready Huh? You ready for this ready? One
1: more. <laughs> <laughs> Okay get in there
2: <laughs> So like if you Didn't want to get into DC Or you were like DC is not quality Or DC is not for me You could change people's minds With this book I mean and it, I think
1: th- I think that the and and then I think it also works against that too because some people will probably never find another book that's like this like if I yeah, read this true. I would want everything done by Darwin Cook like give me Green Lantern by Darwin Cook for 50 issues
0: yeah because it felt so grounded in the cold war like the setting just felt so plausible and so so sort of something so tangible and relatable even to you know we weren't alive then but The fact that he was able to weave in like superhero origin stories of the time, like I was reading on the Wikipedia, the years match up in the story to when the Silver Age heroes started appearing in comics. So in 1953 in New Frontier, Martian Manhunter first shows up, which is when he appeared in DC Comics, Continuity. 1959 was a later one was when when Hal Jordan turned into Green Lantern. It's it's just little stuff like that that didn't have to be a part of the story but was so completely cool to the overarching goal that he was trying to accomplish. It the I forget the original point, but
1: it was good. I could feel y- it.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it felt so much more like a a political thriller or something like that, as and not and less like a Green Lantern policing the galaxy yeah. and monsters show up.
1: Plus, he was. Um, I, I had like. For, well, I forgot to mention in the beginning of that. I could have sworn we've done New Frontier before, and maybe it was the old comics podcast god rest its soul or it was like the two times that i've seen the actual animated movie because even my <laughs> wife was reading it and she's like wait a minute do i have i read this before and the other day i was playing it for james the movie and uh, now i forgot my point because i interrupted my own story with a <laughs> <laughs> with an interlude but the um the story with the martian manhunter like I don't understand how you plot something like that out over six issues and bring it to fruition. Just the fact that an old scientist was trying to contact Mars and this Martian came back accidentally. He didn't even know how he did it. So now this Martian stranded there and he's a shapeshifter, and he assimilates himself into our culture in that era, which was, I guess maybe the late forties or the mid fifties. Yeah, And he becomes that like tough as nails, um, green like just good guy cop that gets results right over because time. he sits
0: he sits in an apartment and watches tv
1: <laughs> yeah and he uses like weird like you know holy blazes or he says like all these weird like cliched lines that cops think are like why does he talk like he's in the movies and it was so weird seeing that but it was it was great like he interacts with a young batman he's got the purple gloves and the big cow and eventually you see that the martian manhunter interact with gordon too which i forgot or i'd never finished and then you also see over the course of the years batman alter his image because he tried to rescue this child early on in the book and he scared the kid so then you realize like that affected batman he wanted to scare criminals but not children so the next time you see batman he's like shortened the ears on his cow and he's got robin as a sidekick so he like made changes to his, mm-hmm. per, his persona over the years. It was really just yeah. dynamite stuff.
2: I, I I think I like that the most. That I um that like little nuance of Batman. I don't think we ever got anywhere else. We got in this book was why he, like you said, altered the costume and and kind of became the Silver Age Batman. Was that mm-hmm. was probably a, an editorial choice at DC? Like we want to market this to kids. And the thing's too scary, so he made that part of New Frontier. I mean, that's just hats off to Darwin Cook for just being so in touch
1: with. Oh, I remember the, my I remember my original point. Sorry, it's okay. was that um, like it's not really like a story about Green Lantern. Like Hal Jordan is in the book a lot with um, the young daughter of the was it Ferris Carol Ferris mm-hmm. Carol Ferris, and he's Hal Jordan and he fails like three or four times in the course of the book he only becomes green lantern in like the last 50 pages maybe of the of a 400 page graphic novel so it's a hal jordan book like it's not a hal jordan book there's a ton of characters but it's about when he's in it it's hal jordan not green lantern and flash plays a huge role in it but things like that really made me appreciate it finally reading the whole thing through yeah,
0: absolutely. And the way he handles the like the golden age Superman, Wonder Woman, and oh, Batman yeah. oh. kinda handle their they kinda like they see a uh you know, a dusk of the the government and the the American people. Like it's it's a new dawn for them because they're they're a new frontier, if you will. It's a new frontier, as JFK would have said, and the You know the 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 Cold War is kicking in, and like they're starting to see the and the, uh, the 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 beginning of the each issue pictures it you know places it perfectly, but they're starting to you know see that the government for the greatest country on earth is starting to become a part of the problem and starting to kind of like go against what the you know America was founded for and stuff which was a really cool um, storyline for these golden Age heroes to kind of have to overcome and deal with in the midst of these uh, new superheroes uh, coming into their own and them dealing with the, the problems as well because they didn't they didn't know uh, you know what was what would it was like ten years previous or something like that. And and to see Superman question the government and Wonder Woman especially, you know, she's like given a medal by the government, but it's all just for show because, you know, she the government has major problems with her questioning their methods. And it's just it was just really cool how that was their storyline for the first two-thirds of the book yeah
2: dale i'm glad you mentioned that because i think one of one of the better moments are like there's so many like just beats in this book instead of long stories but one of the better story beats is they give wonder woman some worthless medal for helping out in vietnam and she's like she takes it as oh i'm really being honored here when really there it's like a publicity stunt and she's like well you know, while I have the mic, you know, we really need to talk about the state of women in Vietnam and then he's like, "Ah, uh, yeah, get off the stage." Yeah, yeah we get yeah. uh thanks Wonder Woman. Uh we don't have time for this right now." And you're just like, "Man, that I think that still happens today." And he just illustrated it with a superhero. Mm-hmm.
0: Which which that was the beginning of I mean, I I loved the book from the very first page, but I had the I had a preconceived notion of New Frontier Based solely on the Darwin Cook art of the superheroes, and like if you look at the cover of the Absolute Edition, or the Deluxe Edition that was just re-released... Would you own it? Do you own it? I don't own it yet, but the the superheroes are all, you know, they're all stood, and they're like looking off into the distance at the, in the same direction, and the colors are just beautiful, and I th- didn't think it would have such adult and serious tones to the book. And the Wonder Woman uh, scene where she, you know, liberates Vietnamese women was like one of the first, I was like, whoa, this book is way much, way so much more than I ever gave the, the credit I thought it deserved based on the cover of the Absolute Edition, which was gorgeous, but it looked like a whole lot of fun. The book just looked like a whole lot of fun.
1: I mean, also, Wonder Woman in that book was. I was trembling in my booties when Wonder Woman was staying on that table, like drinking the wine. Like, yeah. that is such an awesome version of Wonder Woman. The, t- like, the. She looked like she was made out of muscle. Like, mm. and I think even my wife said voluptuous. And she was. She was like taller than Superman. And she's built like a brick s house. Mm-hmm. Like she she's like a softball player or something. Oh yeah, she's like a yeah. She's a catcher for a softball team, and she would just destroy me in seconds. And yeah. I was like, that is an awesome Wonder Woman. I wish I wish that there was a Darwin Cook. Uh, you could say that about any character, but I wish there was a Darwin Cook Wonder Woman book for me to buy ten copies of, because that's a Wonder Woman that I'd want to read.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the and the the inclusion of like Jonesy said, you know, he's a, we're all probably. Uh, on the periphery of DC fandom, we know the major stuff, but Colonel Flagg and the Blackhawks and the Losers. I knew ha- about half of those characters were actual characters, but they they're featured so prominently in the book and given such good storylines that it just it just made you love where comics were born from, especially in the beginning with Colonel Flag and the Losers. That was that was a majority of book one. And it was such a good story, but going into it, you're like, this isn't about Green Lantern or Flash, or this is, you know, this is about Colonel Flag and these guys fighting dinosaurs and stuff, but it's such, such an integral part of the story overall that you don't see until near the end, that it's cool that time was given... To that, uh, the golden age of that kind of stuff, the war stories and stuff.
2: Yeah, but I tell you, you, even uh, that part, that stuff was so good. I could have read six more issues of Rick Flag in the jungle, Mm -mm. learning how to ride dinosaurs and use sharpened teeth as weapons. Like it was, I don't know. I I don't think there's any single part of this book that's bad, and uh, that's difficult to say about a lot of bodies at work. Like I can't sit here and find fault. Like, I don't know who King Faraday is and it did he have roots in DC? I mean I don't care because the story was so good. And I think you can sit here and say, you can know Jack S about DC and read The New Frontier and get just as much out of it as someone who's read DC for fifty years. Like, you know, the the only difference is some guys will be like, oh I remember uh, Lieutenant Snagglehorn. When I read JSA 140, yeah. and he pulled Doctor Fate's lariat cord out of something like you, all that weird DC stuff, you'd be like, "Oh, I got that wink." But if, like, if you'd never read DC, you could be like, "King Faraday is a fantastic character who moves so much of the plot. This is a great story."
1: And I yeah. think. I think um a lot of that stuff was excised from the animated movie too. I think they did make it more of you know Barry or um the Flash and Green Lantern and Superman, I think oh, the Martian cool. Manhunter because I think, the, I think you're like, right. the challenge of the unknown stuff probably wouldn't have translated very well. Like what young kid or adult is going to want to sit through Challenge of the Unknown movie. But how about the um the newsreels, like, playing before the movies where Martian Manhunter went to go see it, and they're, like, showing black and white clips of Challenge of the Unknown, like, you know, on fire, and the newsreel guy's like, oh, boy, looks like you're in a pickle now. Hope you get out of this one. And it's just, like, those crazy situations they're in, but the news, like, a real reader just treats it as, like, you know, any other day, like, this is normal stuff. The <laughs> stuff was hilarious. Yeah, and he's, like, super alarmed, like
0: what if this was, you know, what if this was real? This is this is how the American, like, how would the American people really react?
1: hmm Yeah, and I think the, the, like, the most realistic part came when, oh, which led into another funny part, was when they took that rocket into space, but it was armed with, like, nukes and the Challengers in the end and went to go save it, and he was, like, freaking out because it was gonna blow up, probably, with all those, with with their rescue mission. But the one funny part was, Superman saves uh, two challenges of the unknown after they're like on fire in space, and they're bandaged up with like all of their arms are bandaged up and half their chest is bandaged, and they're like <laughs> sitting next to a pool tanning. Like one of the next scenes, like he's <laughs> sipping a margarita on the pool, like bandaged. His burns are bandaged. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> I took a um, just I I opened up my screenshots because I was screenshotting every panel in the book but when wonder woman stands up to superman and said there's the door spaceman oh Oh, yeah because that's before clark starts to see the the fault in america's stars or or whatever Mm -hmm. And, and wonder woman diana's just questioning it
1: big time so good plus there was that great scene with the flash and iris where he had like retired from active duty because he was tired of being pestered from you know the government, and he, and she tells him to put the costume on and she's been saving it for him and to go oh, to go fight uh, the good fight. Oh boy!
0: Just the outpouring of love and honesty in those pages right there was just it was it was like when in Spider-Man Two when Mary Jane told Pete to you know go. Save the City, mm-hmm. like, for, in the movie for the first time, and you're just, that was, it was that good. And the, uh I'm going through some of my, more of my screenshots now, but the sequence where um Wildcat was in the, like, we gave, always gave Mark, rest in peace, uh, <laughs> stuff oh, <some> yeah. crap <laughs> about Wildcat, Wildcat, but that was some of the best stuff in the book, the boxing match, yeah. just the yeah, look and good. the feel of the of Vegas at the time, it was perfect setting for this book. It, you know, Wildcat has a big box boxing match in Vegas, and the lounge that they're all hanging out in afterwards. Holy moly! The colors, the uh, the ornaments, the ashtrays on the table, everything was of the time, and it just gave such a feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That that reminds
2: me of a time where I think I told Mark that I didn't think Catman existed. And to stop pulling my leg about that one, and then he said some nonsense like, "Oh, he helped to train Bruce or something, some such." Oh yeah, incredulousness.
1: Those were the good old days where Jonesy was able to play aloof to Mark's uh, <laughs> cavalcade of DC <laughs> characters.
2: I had to get, I had to get them because every time I was like, "Let's read a fantasy book," he's like, "No, <laughs> I didn't like it, but I did not like it."
1: There was actually a lot of great. Uh, bonus content in the, I think, I can't remember what, what edition it is, but there was a new, rele- newly released digital edition that had, you know, a bunch of sketches in the back and, mm. uh, drawings yeah, that of was, the action figures that they were going to make.
0: That was a, uh, that's the digital version of the deluxe hardcover that was just released. Mm. Let me tell you, uh, I was curious about that. The
2: way to read this is in
0: CMX HD. I mean, Jesus Moses. Yeah. I do, I have a, only a minor, minor, minor criticism. I mean, CMX HD is beautiful, but this is, might be one of the, uh, only times I would ever say that, uh, Guided View did a little bit of a disservice to the book. I had to read, uh, the book in Guided View at times, and just Darwin's use of, like, extra wide panels, it seemed, um... They weren't like standard panels on a page. They were definitely more widescreen, but the guided view almost had to compensate for that to get to zoom in a bit. So there was uh, art missed in in panels in guided view, which usually I'm a huge fan of. But Mm -hmm. um, so I I almost viewed each page in guided view and then zoomed out so I could see each panel in all of its glory because they were just they seemed so of a different proportion than usual.
1: Yeah. When you were reading uh, Guided View on your ride home from work, scrambling to try to get the book done in time? You know,
0: if I pro- <laughs> maybe I, if I propped it up in between, uh, on top of my steering column, but... I could still see over it, so I see the the lane in front you've of me. You took a long
1: your, lunch today, long He's lunch. got his iPad bouncing between his knees, which is also steering the car, and he's reaching his arms out of the car at the drive through bakery, getting a a cake of some kind, and that that's probably what happened.
2: He actually just handed yeah. his iPad to the lady in the drive, said, can you hold this uh, at my <laughs> face level while I pay you, and then get my uh, pastries, please? <laughs> right. Oh Dale, and, Dale! Don't I, even I, I, you will sure me so hard it. earlier. Don't even sit here with your claws out.
1: I wanted, to hear, I wanted to hear Dale's I, witty retort, but Jonesy talked all over. I did. I stomped <laughs> all over. I apologize. I wanted to hear his self-deprecating comment, but it was, it's been lost.
0: All I'm saying is, I, I had to ask for extra napkins because I'm shifting. I'm holding a donut in my hand. I'm, I'm <laughs> changing
1: guided view panels at the same time. Have either of you seen the the feature, the animated feature from the book?
2: I do. The only, and I did enjoy it. Actually, because I read this, I really want to go back and watch it again and and note the differences. But for some reason, I did not like the voice acting. And that took me out of it. I Mm -hmm. think, like, Stephen Baldwin was Batman. And I want (laughs) to say, like, the guy from Bones, who plays Bones, was Green Lantern. You know who that is? You're
1: a huge gosh, David Boreanaz. Fan. <laughs> Seriously, like the, that's like me saying that guy. I just to you so EG. bad.
0: I just to you guys so bad. You just you handed your son over to I David did. Boreanaz and Th- said, "Here, let me take your
1: picture." The of my most son and that you. Insta- the most in- Instagram that likes
0: bones. that I've ever
2: gotten was because Bones held my son.
1: He's he's that he's that secret agent. He's double O something. I don't. He's he's a series of books. So I'm not sure what it is. Can you guys tell me what that is? Please. Yeah, I don't know. I
2: think. <laughs> Come it back. Mm, yes, Blicks. Uh No, he played. Uh, and who played Superman? I don't think I like. It wasn't George Newbern. Who was it? Do you know? Was it Tim Daly? I'm not being aloof. I su- I super don't know. Was it Tim Daly? Have to go to the I IMDb feel like page. they
1: only bring in the animated series proper uh, teams on certain projects. I don't feel like that was one of them. I um
0: I haven't seen it yet, but I know uh, like two months ago Xbox Video was giving it away free for a day, so oh. I have it in my Xbox library.
1: That's when I watched it. I think.
0: So I'm, I definitely want to watch it now. I'm going to maybe watch an episode of Daredevil or two tonight. Wow! Well, New Frontier will be after. Time. We need to, we yeah, need to go mean, into heavy daredevil
1: talk during the fireside. Dale hasn't, have you, how many episodes have you watched, Dale? I, I haven't watched Shetty we yet. Can't, I've been, we can't talk about it. I've been in New York we City. Can't. Galvanting. Soirees. Dale, we had the same schedule.
2: How is it that I have seen it and you have not? Jonesy, you work like three hours a day. I know, maybe Jonesy, l-
1: maybe Jonesy. Less. cut me some maybe slack. Maybe I can pull this I, off.
0: I went up to New York City a day early with my wife. I mean, just because uh, we both breathe the same air, how come I haven't seen Daredevil yet? We both breathe oxygen.
1: Josie goes in to work at 10, comes back at noon and hangs up his coat and then just sits on that couch and does whatever the heck he wants for us tonight. <laughs>
0: Staggering to
1: me. I don't blame you, Dale. There you have it. New Frontier. What a book club.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them
1: to you. (laughs) Letters at paperkeg.com. Few. Write us a letter, we might read it on the era. Uh our first letter comes with uh
2: a kind of late from last show. We haven't recorded since April the first, uh, allegedly. Uh dear friend of the show, Dragonfro writes read all four volumes of saga over the last couple weeks. D Thanks for the recommendation, back scored Another Gordo recommendation I read was Through the Woods, a must-read for fans of creepy dark stories. Sad I missed the last, uh, latest PK meetup. Uh, glad to hear a good time was had by all. Quick question for Slim. How did the Scarecrows get to the ramp for Wyatt's entrance in WrestleMania? Did they just walk down all casual and just freeze? Weird. That's all I got until next time. At Dragon Terminator, P.S., I look forward to my next letter. When I surmise that Dale has had plenty of time to watch Daredevil, but has put it off, and Jonesy wants to spoil it for him.
0: Slim, your WrestleMania thoughts? That doesn't. That sounds like Aaron Jones wrote that. P.S.
1: <laughs> Aaron Jones, double agent. <laughs> WrestleMania. I'm not sure how the scarecrow men got there. I assume it was all in broad daylight because WrestleMania was outdoors, and it was probably really awkward.
0: Sounds like some. Uh, sounds like a question for Vincent K. McMahon. Vincent Kennedy. It's just business. <laughs> Next up comes from a friend of the show and a recent string of string of letter writer, Paul Puck. Art's impact on story. Hello, gents. It seems that art styles are much more varied in modern comics. While diversity is great, i found some styles don't lend themselves to my understanding of the story. I recently read the first trade paperback of Pretty Deadly. I really enjoyed the interludes with the bunny and the butterfly, but found the story confusing and the art beautiful but not helpful in filling in the blanks the dialogue left. Currently, I'm reading the first trade paperback of Low and find the art interesting but distracting. The art style makes me constantly wonder if I'm missing something as the details seem blurred. Do you find art can take you out of a story? If the dialogue is dynamic, do you find yourself almost ignoring the art? Do you find Guided View in digital comics helps you focus on the art since you are only seeing a panel at a time? Uh, Signed to your friend, Paul Puck. Yeah, I I see what you're saying, uh, Paul Puck. I, I vaguely only remember the art in the first issue of Pretty Deadly, but I know what you're talking about and but to think of some proper examples is um kinda lost on me. I know sometimes I can struggle with a comic with Ben Templesmith art. Um like mm. Thirty Days a Night was really good and Cal some of his most of his Cal McDonald stuff is good, but there are certain stories of his that makes me feel like that at times. And um I, I know I really liked Low but I know that Slim was apprehensive at first with the uh, first issue of Low so that you know that certainly uh, is probably more polarizing to to people than more of your standard fare but uh Jonesy Slim do you guys have any
2: um, I don't have any good examples uh, to quote but I do know that uh one of the things that really takes me out of books is when art changes midstream uh you know and i'm not just saying like if somebody needs help and they get bad backups i mean that happens a lot you know somebody puts in Mm -hmm. you know somebody who's not in the vibe of the book does finishes and that's just the reality of the business but like for instance if i like if i if i'm reading bendis Maliv and that's like my theme right now and I'm really into that style and then I read the Daredevil annual and it's a completely different artist but Bendis on words I might skip it entirely because that'll just take me right out like I can't if there's an overarching theme of story and then an artist does a big change during the arc that's forget it I'm just gonna drop it at that point that's the only thing
0: I can say for me that has a a good effect Mm -hmm. or negative effect as it were I think um, if if you would have asked me that question, you know, four years ago, I would have had definitely a, a clearer answer, but I think I've just, you know, the, as much as we ingest on a weekly basis, I think I, like, my horizons just have completely expanded, and I, and I have a love for a lot more than I definitely did back in the day, but I love it, I love it all, you know, ballpark?
1: I'm sure you can understand that.
2: Slim, anything before I read the next letter? No, nah, I
0: don't
1: think I have anything to
2: add. Uh, our next letter, uh, titled, Thank You and Follow Up. Uh, paper keg superstars. Inflating the egos just a little bit there. Uh, just wanted to let you know, uh, let you guys know that mentioning my wife's name on the air during episode 194 worked like a charm. Total book jug night, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs>
0: If by that you mean listening to uh, war stories about the Vietnam War and then become totally engrossed in it, and that's all you can think about in all your waking hours, then absolutely I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh,
2: (laughs) I had the chance to meet Jonesy and Dale at the comic book shop in Delaware, official show sponsor, a few weeks ago during the Steranko signing. It was really nice meeting you both, especially you, Jonesy. No troll. Honestly, genuine sentiment here. Slim, you were allegedly en route, but didn't get a chance to meet you. Hopefully one day this dream will be realized. Uh, to finish this letter, here's some Dale-inspired lightning reviews. Uh, GCPD Volumes 1 and 2. Total AFM. Anti-Flacid material. <laughs> okay. Rage of Ultron. Took the express train to Bonertown. And Nameless by Grant Morrison. This was like a long weekend at Lake Flaccid, <laughs> Horribly incoherent. <laughs> uh, and that's... <laughs> And that's from Joe at Joe Kerr's Asylum. J o e k e r s uh, a s y l u m on the Twitter.
1: What was the first book he said? J C P D G C G C P D Gotham Central. Gotham- uh, I think G C P D
2: is a different title than Gotham
1: Central. You can't. Yeah, because you can't come on the show and say that that. Uh... Major nether e- does not work. Easy, um. it's just not, a, not Easy. a thing. We're okay.
0: Yeah, that's not, he's not being, uh, com- I don't think it's the same thing. Okay. Um, and uh, next up, and last letter of the evening. No, we, we <laughs> have one more after. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: that does say not intended for airing. Oh, doesn't? Gen Z, Gen
1: Z oh. ignores those it's, kinds I tip- of stuff. I statements. typically ignore that. For off air only, Gen, Z, Gen Z's ears <laughs> perk up. Yeah, so. he's reading <laughs> <laughs> Anchor Man. <laughs>
0: just wanted to say hey and mention how great the show always is thanks again your follower on the twitter aaron jones yes
1: <laughs> can we can we check the headers out on that email real quick I, um, we'll I I think we get some,
2: oh we how, get, uh, how did that come from the official letters uh mailbox <laughs> uh. Aaron, uh, I, send think that over you, I think to you pulled SDSI that move Cyber. before,
1: Jonesy. <laughs> I think you've done that before. You've emailed the show from letters at listen it, and posed listen, it as a, as Ar- a listener.
2: L- l- I'm not. I can't. I can't hear you, uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, you have won the Baltimore at Baltimore. Uh, congratulations! It will be a pleasure getting that run for you as a gift for our 200th episode extravaganza. Dale, do you have uh, any preview? for any of the big things you're cooking up for that episode any teasers
0: what teasers? I mean we got a 200th episode it's going to be a big show Uh, book club there's going to be a book club involved Baltimore Uh,
2: but remember the 100th episode where you got all those comic book creators to say congrats on 100 what, what do you have cooked up like that is what I mean
0: I mean, uh, if I did, uh, if I did probably out of spite, i probably, I probably won't even do it for episode two. <laughs> so.
1: My wife had a theory about if you were working on something, she had a, she had a theory about what it was, but I don't know if. I'm not trying to put the ball in Dale's court that we have to now. He has to do something. I, no, uh, because I am Jonesy only kidding. Has, I Jonesy has Jonesy has trolled you into a corner <laughs> that he'll be like, "Oh, Dale didn't do anything for episode 200. What a piece of s." <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait
2: a minute. The one time I get away with a good troll, and you have oh, to please. flip it and reverse it on me.
1: Come on, good troll. My wife did. My wife was wondering if there was some kind of connection between patrick hernandez coming out of the woodworks <laughs> uh and episode 200 coming up oh I wasn't sure my there was God. some kind of new sounder being formulated <laughs> to the tune of patrick hernandez who knows oh, oh, oh jesus no pressure Man, my Jeez, mind went
2: cool. to him somehow getting patrick on a laptop with a hangouts app and him just periodically popping into the broadcast of episode 200
1: i'm sure that's probably doable for about 50, 50 bucks 50 to a uh, or dollars
0: he, um, Can you he, just mail me wine through the international post, Dale? <laughs> he is only agreeing to do it as a, if he gets a full paperback run of Baltimore. <laughs> so, Jonesy, I'm going to leave that. Baltimore in for
1: Hernandez. <laughs> also, Jonesy's Patrick Hernandez sounds like a uh, Ricardo Montalban with a stroke <laughs> for some reason. Right, yeah.
0: Uh, we just got a tweet before the uh, letter segment is officially over. a a second email from King of the Letter Writers. Uh, In all caps, daredevil, 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 daredevil. Hashtag microwave, hashtag road flare, hashtag 22 times. And that's from uh, King of the Letter Writers, at foggy dragon, which which probably has uh, some sort of inside stuff that, you know, that big J off uh, Dale doesn't know anything about yet because he didn't get to watch it at 3 a.m. Pacific Jonesy, what time. what do you
1: think morning? of Foggy Nelson?
2: Go. I, I, you know, I don't feel comfortable spoiling it for Dale. I mean... Uh, whether Dale,
1: or not you okay. th- like him
2: as an actor. I mean, uh, uh, if it look, look, because Dale's gonna find a way to twist troll it around and make me feel like twist-troll. a big... Bird, for talking about
1: oh, <laughs> man <laughs> about wow, <laughs> about daredevil Holy right now. smokes! <laughs> let's take wow. it. Let's take it back. Let's everybody just take a breather.
0: <laughs> Unreal. Oh,
1: this is a G-rated oh, show. Please.
2: I'm sorry. I apologize. S. Bird. Holy cow! Can we can we take that out and post?
1: Just want to leave it in there to teach a lesson now. <laughs> Come on, I've learned so many lessons. I don't need another one. S, S, F, 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 F. What a show. Next week, The Road to 200 rolls on. Yeah, what is what is the book club for next week, please?
0: Uh Well, we have on a list a very special book club that is Mike Mignola's Hellboy Volume 4. is on the is on the list Hmm. but we'll see how it goes yeah that's what i'm thinking stay tuned guys (laughs) for the show official show announcement
1: road to 200 continues next week goodbye
2: This is Tennessee. Five episodes in, and I think Foggy needs to stop trying so hard. And I hope maybe that simmers down towards the end of the run. That's my my first opinion. I think uh, Charlie Cox is perfectly casted. but it is it is it's strange his irish accent like keeps wanting to come out and i feel yeah, like it's
1: fighting really hard it's like rick <laughs> at the beginning of walking dead
2: yeah w- when his british accent wanted to come out i feel like he makes up for it and just trying to sound like manly every time he talks so his voice is always like this when he talks to rosario and then like he'll try to say the word like guy and be like oh i so saw a guy uh i've guy uh it's, pretty, it's, it's good, though. It's good. I'm not ragging on it. It's good
1: stuff. So how many hours in total was your Lord of the Rings event? Because <laughs> it felt like it could have been 14 hours, and that's not even a joke. No, that's, I
2: think that's pretty spot on with intermissions. It was probably all of a sudden done 14 hours. Oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs> it was a... What, what time did you sit down and the curtains were drawn? What time of the day? 6 a.m.? 1
0: p.m. no. 1 p.m. to about 5 and then 7:30 until about 11. Oh, mm. and, and then, then the, the next day. day and then yesterday Sunday we had uh Return of the King, 11 time Oscar winner film to close out the trilogy. Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> inside uh, man, inside podcast
1: network joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was a it was a really excellent time. I mean they really they basically re-edited the whole movie to exclude any sort of score during the f- the film. So we we're, we watched the Lord of the Rings with a live symphony playing the score.
1: It's oh, it I sounds see.
0: strange, but it is a
2: once in a lifetime experience. And like I I, I wasn't trepidatious cuz you know I kind of wanted to see what it was all about, but the first time they fired up and played that main theme mm. and like the conductor was all about it. They had incredible musicians and the soloist, the singer Caitlin would, I can't remember his last, her last, our last name. I mean, it it was amazing.
0: It was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caitlin, uh, Lusk. And she did, if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings, she did all of the Elven chants and the score and, she sung uh, all three songs at the end that rolls with the credits. Into the West, my personal favorite, had me blubbering. I tried to hold your hand, and you swatted me away. <laughs> you wanted, you wanted no comfort. Yeah, it was it was it was quite remarkable. And um, this this symphony, the this orchestra, the twenty first century orchestra, they just they kind of got started doing this. And when I tell you boys that I've seen. Uh, I've heard reports that they do this for the movie Gladiator. Mm. We would we would all go hand in hand and see
2: I, this. I would search
1: them all. Just let us know by Google Invite. I remember just listening to that track at the end of the movie of Gladiator, just oh, constantly man. on loop all yes. the time on my CD player. I just make a CD with just that track on it. <laughs> So, it was, it was, it was really
0: a, a remarkable thing to witness live, and uh, I'll their, never forget it. As long what as are they. their
1: thoughts on Last Samurai? you think the 21st Century Orchestra could put, uh, put that on the docket? Oh, my God. I would. I will
0: tweet them. I am going to tweet them. Please. Make that happen. Please.
1: Did you read anything else? It's a silly question, huh? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs>